0: Welcome to Victory Tuesday, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Blue of the Bronx podcast. AGP back again. If you guys haven't already hit that like button, comment and subscribe to our post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or drops. Once again, I remind you guys, like always, only about 34-35% of you guys are subscribed on YouTube, so please help out the channel, help out the algorithm, please subscribe and more content along the way, more engagement, stuff like that, more perks. Giants 27, Saints 21, I mean, I was one of those people this week, or I should say last week, that was saying, what are you guys talking about, you know, we're beating the Saints, what are you guys talking about, we just lost to the Falcons, you know, I said it about 300 times, we're not beating the Saints, I don't know where everybody's getting this whole thing, oh, we're beating the Saints, Uh, our first upset against the Saints, I gotta credit them. I got to credit them. They had more hope and faith in this Giants team than I did. Obviously, there's a lot of stuff the Giants have to clean up, mostly on the defensive side of the ball. Offense, you know, there's some ticky-tacky stuff here and there, but man, this offense saved Joe Judge. And I honestly thought at points in the game that Jason Garrett was a better coordinator than Judge was as a head coach. At points in the game. Obviously that can be skewed in like seven different fashions, but I thought Garrett, without using Daniel Jones's running ability, he portrayed Daniel Jones as a franchise quarterback, and Daniel Jones portrayed himself as a franchise quarterback. And I've been ripping Jason Garrett and you know some of these other weapons and all this other stuff the last couple of weeks because, you know, obviously we we're owing three. But the offense had a good game. Daniel Jones, I'm going to say right now, and this isn't discrediting guys like Saquon Barkley, Kadarius Toney, Kenny Galladay, and these other guys, but he lifted the Giants to a victory. He lifted the Giants to a victory. I'm going to say right now, he is the top reason the Giants won this game. Kadarius Toney... Sorry that I ever doubted that he was the wrong pick. Not for reasons of, well, he's a locker room cancer. Ah. I didn't doubt him for those reasons. I doubted him for the reasons of, well, the Giants are not getting him involved. He's a slippery motherfucker. He is a slip. Oh my God. Some of the plays he was making, the one screen pass to the right, the one pass, and then he goes to the left side and shakes a bunch of tackles. Let me tell you something, and this isn't an overreaction, but his ceiling- is pretty high if the Giants keep using him in that fashion his ceiling is pretty high Tyree kill I'm not saying he's Tyree kill but at the level of Tyree kill the way he is used some of these other guys across the league it's scary it's just very scary what he could be you know against these opponents and the Saints were good defense don't tell me that all oh, the Saints weren't a good defense yeah they were good defense they held Green Bay to three points They intercepted Mac Jones three times. So don't tell me. Oh you know New Orleans. Not a good defense. Good defense. Saquon Barkley. Didn't do a ton in the running game. But he got some first downs. He got that big 54 yard touchdown. He also scored the game winning touchdown. So. I'm not going to sit here and say. This team's going to turn a corner. Or you know I hope they do. But I'm not going to sit here and say. Well the Giants are going to win the next 14 games. But. Let's rethink a little bit. We were talking about last week about this second overall Saquon Barkley thing, right? I was starting to doubt it, but you know what, Saquon? And he even showed in the locker room. There was a video that came out uh, from the Giants. You know, he said before halftime, you know, I knew that we were going to turn this shit around and stuff like that. You guys got to watch it. But it just shows that he's a leader. He's a leader of this team. And that's great. That's great because we were questioning, you know, oh my God, who's the outspoken leader in the locker room we didn't know we didn't know but Saquon was one of those guys and obviously it's one win can't overreact with that but we haven't really seen guys like Logan Ryan or James Bradbury go in the locker room and say hey we're going to turn this around I mean Drew Peppers his reaction was very funny and it was exciting when the Giants got the coin flip results he's like yeah boom we won that motherfucker you know that was funny I'm like yes let's go and I heard that um, on TV obviously Fox didn't apologize that doesn't matter because I don't get offended I'm not soft Um, but obviously we'll talk about him later in terms of a playing standpoint a snap standpoint but overall thoughts on this game before we go into the stats and all the other stuff like we usually do Daniel Jones I mean we have been saying for the past couple weeks, you know, he needs to show us. He beat a over 500 team. Obviously, they're 2-2 two and two right now, so they're not 500. Well, they're at 500. They're not over 500. But he beat a team over 500. We can finally push the narrative away. The Michael Kay narrative, the Colin Cowherd narrative, the Stephen A. Smith narrative, the Max Kellerman narrative, the casual narrative, this narrative. We can finally throw that in the trash he beat an over 500 team it's not like oh he beat Matt LaFleur he beat Sean Payton and the Saints Payton has been with the Saints for over 15 years now so I consider that a very important win for the Giants a very important win for Daniel Jones so let's go into the stats before I take up the whole podcast with my opening thoughts Daniel Jones, 28 for 40, 402 yards, a career high, 10.1 per throw, two touchdowns and interception. The interception was before halftime on a Hail Mary, so I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he shouldn't have thrown that. No. Uh, Jameis Winston, game manager stats. I mean, he played well, in my opinion. 17 for 23, 226 yards, 9.8 yards per throw, one touchdown, no interceptions. Taysom Hill. 2 for 3, 9 yards, 3 yards per throw, and an interception that went to James Bradbury. Not much in the rushing game for the Giants. Saquon Barkley, 13 carries, 52 yards, 4 per pop, 1 touchdown. Daniel Jones, 4 carries, 27 yards. Most of it was escaping the pocket, if not all of it. Because uh, I didn't really see any design runs other than the 2-point conversion. 6.8 per pop. Devontae Booker had one rush for six yards, six yards per pop. Kadarius Toney had one rushing yard on one carry, and then Evan Ingram on that stupid end-around jet sweep, whatever the hell you want to call it. Uh, what, That was for negative three yards, so that was his tally on the day. In terms of the New Orleans rushing attack, that was very good for them. One of the things that lifted them, and they just pounded it down our throats. That's something the defense has to fix. Fifteen missed tackles. That's probably more than Curtis Riley had in two thousand eighteen. That's That's a little scary. And the Giants came into this week, or I should say in the last week, or whatever the hell you want to call it. They came into the game, thirteenth and rushing. That number probably just sunk. So Patrick Graham, man, you gotta get your you gotta get your act together. Because we've been talking the last couple of weeks. Oh, the Giants, they need an offensively won game. You know, it can't depend on the defense. Well, this is a game that was won by the offense. You tell me it was won by the defense. I'm going to ask you to get your head checked. This game was won by the offense. Not by the defense. And this is really the first game where the offense won it and the defense didn't do their job. Sure, they made some clutch stops. But they could not stop Kamara on the ground. 26 rushes, 120 yards, 4.6 per pop, no touchdowns. Taysom Hill. You look at the tally, you look at the stats, oh, six rushes for 28 yards, that's not bad. It is bad because he scored two touchdowns, absolutely trucked Giants defenders, broke about seven tackles on his second touchdown, so obviously, yeah, that was not good. Uh, Tony Jones Jr., who went out with an injury, three rushes for eight yards. Ty Montgomery, two rushes for seven yards. Alex Arma, one rush for two yards, I think he actually got a first down for them. And Dwayne Washington, who faced the Giants the last time, had one rush for five yards. So you look at the receiving game, the Giants very well, or I should say very good in the receiving game. I'm using a Sean Carroll term. Uh, if you guys watch the Boys of Big Apple podcast every Monday, but um, man, the receiving game, four players with over 70 receiving yards. That's very good. That is excellent. That is the best performance. This is the best offensive performance all season. Well, I mean, You could also say, well, the Washington game, but we didn't win that game. And also, you know, Galladay was only targeted a certain amount of times, and KT wasn't used. And I think I'm going to limit myself to one thing. If I ever make excuses for Daniel Jones from here on out, I'm not going to sit here and say that, oh, Daniel Jones doesn't have this guy or that guy. Because now he's shown us that he can utilize the weapons on the field. Kadarius Toney got his first start. And if he didn't start this game, well, I guess I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. John Ross playing his first game. Kenny Galladay playing, you know, exceptionally well. He got a shit ton of targets, a shit ton of yards. Saquon Barkley even getting five receptions, two screens out of the backfield. So I'm not going to make the excuse from now on. And I don't think Giants fans should that, oh, well, Daniel Jones doesn't have Shepard. He doesn't have Slayton. Well, you know what? Them two receivers might be gone after the year. Sure, Sterling Shepard probably not, but Darius Slayton, it's it's a possibility because it's either he can't stay on the field or he can't catch a ball. In terms of the receiving game, Kenny Galladay six receptions, 116 yards. Kadarius Toney, six receptions, 78 yards. John Ross, three receptions, at 77 yards. square that big 52-yard touchdown. He actually recovered the fumble, which was smart. He wasn't like Deshaun Jackson or any of the other players that, like, oh, fumble before the goal line. I'm not going to get it. No. John Ross actually was responsible. One touchdown. Saquon Barkley, five receptions, 74 yards, and a touchdown, 54-yard touchdown, which was the longest. Evan Ingram, you know, he dropped one pass on, I think it was third down or something like that, third down and two. And uh, that's Evan Ingram for you. I don't think he actually had a big part in this game. I'm not going to give him credit because I actually don't think he did anything. Anyway, he had five receptions for 27 yards, Kyle Rudolph had two receptions for 24 yards, that big 20-yard pass down the field, and then one reception for six yards, Devontae Booker. Some of the highlights, I'm actually not going to go through all the Saints receivers unless they have, you know, uh, something to reflect on, but Marquez Callaway had that big 58-yard reception where James Bradbury and Logan Ryan were just beat downfield. Two receptions, 74 yards. Deontay Harris, five receptions, 52 yards. Ty Montgomery, three receptions, 42 yards. Taysom Hill, two receptions, 26 yards. And then Juwan Johnson catching the only receiving touchdown, only passing touchdown for the Saints, two receptions, 20 yards. And then Chris Hogan, Dwayne Washington, and Adam Troutman got on the action. Tony Jones actually had a reception himself as well, but it was a three-yard loss. Dexter Lawrence making the play. Now you look at defense, and this was very disappointing, I'm not going to lie to you guys. The Giants had no sacks, no quarterback hits, and one tackle for a loss. And that tackle for a loss is something I just mentioned, the Dexter Lawrence uh, tackle on the screenplay. They could not get to the quarterback. You know, Graham was sending blitzes. For some reason, the personnel can't get there, and this is better personnel than last year. It's something that has to be worked through. Because if we're going to be facing guys like Dak Prescott who roll out of the pocket and just launch it downfield, if we're going to be facing guys like Stafford and all these other guys, we have to get to the quarterback. If we don't get to the quarterback, it's going to be a very long day. We just, I don't want to degrade Jameis Winston because he's had a decent season so far. I think at this point in the league, he's a game manager. But, um, you know, we're just lucky we faced him and not a top five top 10 quarterback and we're gonna be facing that in the next couple weeks Matt Stafford Dak Prescott some of these other guys but they need to cover downfield better they need to stop the run better they need to get to the quarterback better and if they don't do that stuff it's gonna be on the offense which is really something that we hope that wasn't gonna be the case we hope the offense would be good but we didn't necessarily hope that the defense was gonna be this bad sorry but In terms of the New Orleans Saints, they had six quarterback hits. They didn't get to the quarterback at all in terms of sacks. Very good job by the offensive line. I don't think I mentioned it all. Andrew Thomas, absolute stonewall. I mean, he is the franchise left tackle. I'm going to say it right now. I could be wrong. He could struggle the next couple of games. But you know what? I've doubted a lot of players. I've doubted Saquon Barkley at times. I've doubted Daniel Jones at times. I've doubted Darius Slate and all these other guys. I never once doubted Andrew Thomas. I never said that, oh, we might have to draft a tackle. No, I never. And you guys can watch all the podcast episodes from last year. I never doubted Andrew Thomas. I always rooted for him. And look what's happening. He looks like a franchise left tackle. He's doing better. And PFF, obviously, oh, Andrew Thomas, you know, worst tackle in the draft class. How do you rate him now, PFF? Because you rated him. And I'm not saying that I like PFF just for Giants grades or Giants positive grades. No, I don't like PFF at all. But I'm just saying that they're contradicting their own past narrative and won't come out and eat the crow because he is the best ranked in terms of PFF grades among that 2020 class. Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs, they rank in the 60s right now. Not in terms of tackles, but like in terms of grades, like 64 points something whatever. Makai is not even on the field. So you know what? Jo- uh, Andrew Thomas haters, Giant fan haters, all this stuff. Go out there and eat your crow. And I want to find Giants fans, I'm encouraging you. And I don't necessarily attack other Giants fans. I don't want to. I don't want to attack other guys or whatever. That's not really my motion. That's not really my motive here. But find somebody. Who wanted to tank for Chase Young. Find somebody that wanted to lose that Washington game. Find somebody. Because you know what Chase Young? He's got as many hits on the quarterback as Andrew Thomas has allowed as a left tackle this year. So you know what? And don't give me the crap. Oh well he doesn't face anybody. Oh really? Well he faced uh, Malik Reed, who had 8 sacks for Denver last year. He faced guys like Chase Young and Montez Sweat. You know, Montez Sweat was not all at Nate Solder's side, you know, not all the time. He was on Andrew Thomas's side. And then uh, this week, Cam Jordan, he tossed Cam Jordan. You know, they, I think, were mid-tier in sacks and pressures in terms of the Saints' defense. But they didn't get past Andrew Thomas once, and they didn't get to the quarterback once. Matt Scarra did a good job. You know, he had one holding penalty, but he did a good job. Nate Solder did a good job. Billy Price did a good job. Well, Hernandez, he did a decent job. So you know what? Rob Sale, man, you're doing wonders with this unit. Colombo, I don't think was able to do that. I don't think Googs was able to do that. Rob Sale, Pat Flaherty, Ben Wilkerson, clap, clap clap for you guys. Uh, The Giants and the Saints had one interception each. James Bradbury on that one downfield after the attempted touchdown was taken back by a holding penalty by Adam Troutman. Uh, James Bradbury was getting cooked. He was getting cooked all game, and that's not really something you want to see. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Marcus Williams had the interception that was on the Hail Mary, so I don't take it as much of anything, but he gets his, I think, second interception on the season. So, in terms of we move into like team stats, first downs each team at twenty one. Passing first downs, the Giants had seventeen. They had twelve. In terms of rushing first downs, they had 9. The Giants had 4. No first downs from penalties. The Giants were 4 for 11 on third down. They were 8 for 13. And then they were 0 for 1 on fourth down. A good stop by the defense. One of the clutch stops. And I'm not saying the defense was good. It was clutch stops. Um, In terms of total plays, they ran 65. The Giants ran 60. In terms of total yards, the Giants had 80 more total yards. Though they did have one more possession in overtime, 485-405. to And the Giants still would have had more, even if they didn't go to overtime. If it was a tie game and they just said no overtime, the Giants would have still had more yards. In terms of total drives, the Giants had 11, the Saints had 10. In terms of yards per play, the Giants had 8.1. The Saints had 6.2. In terms of passing yards, already went over that 402 to 235, all that other stuff. You go to the red zone, which is very important. The Giants were 1 for 3, so we got to clean that up. Got to clean that up. Despite the fact the Giants scored three touchdowns, two of them were not in the red zone. But they got to go in and utilize. They got to go in there and score touchdowns because... Yeah, you know, the Saints made mistakes, and they let the Giants just mow them downfield in overtime. But what if you don't get that opportunity against the, uh, the Rams, the Cowboys, and all these other teams? But the Saints did a good job in the red zone. They were 3-for-3. Three three. In terms of penalties, the Giants only had 3. So, Joe Judge, you know, we were questioning, oh, where's the discipline? Where's the, you know, action on this type of stuff? The Giants cleaned that up, for this week at least. Three penalties for 25 yards. The Saints had five penalties for 35 yards. So a very clean game in terms of that. And then time of possession, the Giants had the ball for 27 minutes, 35 seconds. And the Saints had the ball for 37 minutes and 31 seconds. Obviously, it's not 60 minutes. It's a little over 60 minutes because of the overtime period. So we move to important plays. Dexter Lawrence, big tackle in the backfield. A three-yard loss for Tony Jones after that. The Giants got the ball because they punted. Um, I don't think they went for it on fourth down. And if they did, because I remember there was one of the drives. Yeah, they did go for it on fourth down. They lost it. Uh, It was a two-yard game by Camaro on a fourth and three, and they didn't get it. Lorenzo Carter and Leonard Williams on the tackle. But two key plays by the defense of many of few because the Giants' defense was not good. First half, we could say they were good. I thought they were good. Other than... The touchdown before halftime, but they—if you look at it from an overall standpoint—they did not do good. In terms of third and eighteen, this one was one of my favorite plays, and I thought he didn't get the first down. Kadarius Tony on a screen play, first down. That's how you use Kadarius Tony. He had I think 77 receiving yards. That's how you use Kadarius Tony. That's how you get him involved. That's how you create these explosive plays. They don't have to be downfield. They don't have to be max protected and you throw the ball downfield. They don't have to be, you know, those type of plays. They don't have to be over the middle plays. They could be screen plays. And that's how you get him and Saquon Barkley involved. Both of them move the football down the field on screen plays. The Giants did that with Saquon Barkley in overtime after a penalty. And I'm like, oh my god, why the Giants, you know, what are the Giants going to do? Illegal substitution. 2nd and 14, great play call by Jason Garrett. Give the ball to Saquon. 17, 18-yard pickup, but move to this. It was an 18-yard pickup. It was a first down. Then, Giants move the ball downfield a little bit more. Saquon Barkley has a rush for 8 yards, and obviously this has context. I wasn't necessarily happy with the Giants on this drive. I'm not going to lie to you. 4th and 1, the previous play, which was like a 3rd and 1. I thought they should have just ran it up the middle with Booker, or even Barkley for that matter, but they did a play-action type of play. I think it was Max Protect as well. They didn't get it, so it was fourth down, and they didn't go for it, and Graham Gano misses the field goal. And you can't count on Graham Gano to make every field goal. You can't do that. And I'm happy the Giants won this game, and I'm sort of happy that Graham Gano missed that field goal because Joe Judge has to think, hey, listen, I got to go for it. You know, my kicker's not always going to be there. He's in his 30s. He's not 20 years old where he's just kicking field goals left and right. He's in his 30s. He's getting older. Despite the fact that he's been very good this season. Uh, so far, he's been there when the Giants have needed him. With that being said, you know, I also thought that before the play-action play, I thought they should have just ran it up the middle with Booker. I think it was on second down and two. They should have just ran it up the middle. I thought they tried to get a little too cute with that. But once again, um, they got lucky. They got lucky because the Saints would actually miss a field goal, but they did utilize Deontay Harris on the first play of the next drive with an 18-yard pass to him. Then later on, they get down the field to the Giants. 40. It's fourth and three. They don't go for it. They don't punt. They say, ah, you know what? Let's kick the field goal. 58 yards for Aldrick Rosas, and he misses the field goal wide right. The Giants get the ball back. Now, what do they do when they get the ball back? I'm just making sure that it's on point. What do they do when they get the ball back? When it comes back from commercial, Daniel Jones, play action, deep downfield to John Ross. There's that meme on Twitter and Instagram about John Ross. It's like, can I get M. John Ross or something like that? You guys know it. Um, I'm less familiar with it. But those are the type of plays that John Ross excels at. Not just slants and comeback routes, but deep down the field. And that was his first game back, to know. So, it's not like, oh, we're going to ease him into it. He said, meaning Joe Judge, he said, oh, we ain't got time for easing him back in. Well, at this point, you know, with John Ross and you saying that, everybody needs to be eased back in. Or everybody just needs to be back in the playbook. No easing. You know, when Sterling Shepard and Slayton come back and you have your offensive targets, that can't be the case. Oh, we got to ease him back in. So, I'm expecting Joe Judge, do not ease anyone back in anymore. This ain't sarcasm. This is real. John Ross, he got the playbook shoved down his throat in the game against the Saints. I'm expecting you to do the same thing when Slayton and Sterling Shepard come back. That's what I'm expecting. Now, drive after the Giants' touchdown, the Saints respond. A couple of big plays for them. uh, An 11-yard pass to Deontay Harris moving the chains. Later on, there was an offensive holding on James Hurst, but they kept moving the ball downfield with these little chunk plays. It wasn't just passing Alvin Kamara up the middle, first down, first down. Defense had no answer for Alvin Kamara. You could say, oh, it was only 4 point something yards per carry. No, that's good in the league. That's good. I think it's like 4.6 yards per carry he had. That is good. A lot of teams would take that, and the Giants defense could not stop them. Danny Shelton was being pushed all over the place. Leonard Williams really wasn't there most of the game. He made like one or two big tackles, but the Giants defense had no answer. And it comes into question whether the Giants should trade for a guy, you know, at the deadline, depending on their situation, or whether right now they should sign Jamie Collins because he's not even on the lines anymore. They cut him. So, you know, are teams looking into him? Are there weaknesses? Are there pros? That's for another video. That's for another time. Then a deep pass to Ty Montgomery. Adoree Jackson, it looks like, made the tackle. They get down the field 2 minute warning. There was a play, I think, actually, uh, Taysom Hill got into the end zone, but there was a flag, an eligible receiver downfield, which was Will Clapp, who was reported in as eligible multiple times. They love using that sixth offensive lineman. But a play later after a timeout, Juwan Johnson gets a touchdown Logan Ryan and Joe Peppers looking at each other like what are we doing here that can't happen that can't happen and from what I'm determining it they didn't necessarily blame it on Ryan and obviously once again I'm just making a presumption here but with the snap count going down for Peppers even before his injury which he injured his hamstring and didn't even play the rest of the half he was losing snaps to Julian Love which makes me think the Giants are less confident in him in coverage Rather than last year where they were covering Boston Scott with him. They were, you know, having him cover Logan Thomas and all these other guys. But the next drive ended in interception. Daniel Jones to Marcus Williams. It was on a Hail Mary, so it's not like, oh my god, you know, he threw an interception. No. That's, if I was the stats interpreter, and I'm saying this for ultimately biased reasons, I would not have counted as an interception. But there was a couple of plays downfield... On the first drive for the Saints, they scored a touchdown on this drive. It was a three-play drive, so the Giants' defense really had no answer. First play, Jameis Winston throws it up top for Marcus Callaway. A 58-yard pass. James Bradbury, nowhere in sight. Nowhere. Then they passed it to Chris Hogan for nine yards. And then Taysom Hill, eight-yard rushing touchdown. Can't happen. Cannot happen. Those short drives those long drives, they cannot happen, and obviously, once again, it's common sense known to man that you don't want to give up touchdowns, and both are bad, both are equally bad, you know, the short drives, I mean, giving up just how many yards in one drive is bad, and I know I'm rambling here, but when you give up 75 yards in less than two minutes, that's bad. But also when you give up seventy-five yards in like five, six, seven minutes in a drive like that, that crunches the time of possession, and the Giants are like, holy shit, we don't have time, you know, on the clock. But once again, that was a quick drive for the Saints on that one. A couple of key plays following that drive there. There was a pass to Galde for 17 yards on the left side of the field I believe then Kyle Rudolph left side of the field 20 yard pass play fortunately the Giants did not get in the red zone because of a really bad play call I'm not going to say oh it's execution there's any other thing I just thought two play calls were horrible most notably that Ingram jet sweep if you want to use it use it for get Kadarius Tony but the fact of the matter is it's a bad play call use it when you have more space the defense figured out Ingram there. It was a three-yard loss, then a short pass, an incomplete pass to Kyle Rudolph in the end zone when he's covered by Mashawn Lattimore. The Saints were really just... They looked at that play and they said, They're going to go for Rudolph. Let's put our best guy on him. Shouts to Dennis Allen and all the defensive personnel they had. But the drive, of course, ends on a 23-yard field goal. For the New York Giants, it's 14-10 at that point. Then... I threw my hat to the ground, and I'm not even joking when I say that. Uh, about Maybe about a minute or so after the Giants score the field goal, Jameis Winston up top, nobody's there. Touchdown, Kenny Stills. I go like this with my Giants hat, and then there's a penalty. Holding, offense number 82. He held Leonard Williams. He wrestled him to the ground, so the Giants get another shot. Now, the Giants ultimately learned from that. Patrick Graham, James Bradbury, they learned from that. They finally get that into their heads. Not the Camaro runs, not this, and the other thing. They get that deep pass into their heads. So they back up more. What happens? Goes down the field. He's looking for Deontay Harris. He gets intercepted by James Bradbury. That's the type of ball skills we need to see. Not James Bradbury getting beat 50 yards down the field. Not James Bradbury not tackling. James Bradbury being physical on a receiver. The guy we had last year that was physical getting interceptions and making plays on the ball. But I still think that Adoree Jackson is the best cornerback on this team. That's my opinion. So, you go down a little bit later, the Giants absolutely don't do anything With that. Which is something they could not clean up last year. James Bradbury had an interception in the Bears game. Giants did nothing with that. I don't think they scored on the Julian Love interception. Against the Bears. That's where the Giants have to execute. They're gifted with a turnover. And they really haven't had a lot of turnovers. I think it's been one per game. I don't think there's been two per game. I think it's been one per game. They've had four turnovers. Two Bradbury picks. A forced fumble by Ojalari, which they couldn't execute properly because it was seven seconds left on the clock and the Giants had no timeouts. And then you have the first game where Logan Ryan swatched the ball out of Albert Ogubwenu-Nam's hands and it's a fumble. The Giants could not do anything there. So if you think of it properly, the Giants could not score on any of those except for one, but that was a field goal. That was the James Bradbury pick and the Giants milked the clock horribly. And then we know the story in the Washington game. But a couple of dink and dunk plays from there for the Saints towards the end of the third quarter, leaking into the fourth. And the play I am most disappointed and just frustrated about, Taysom Hill breaks about seven different tackles, goes into the end zone. I'm like, I literally sat there just looking at the TV. I'm like, what? what's going on? What is this? Tackling that needs to get better. We looked like we were in the Broncos game. Unfortunate and sad. Unfortunately. But move on to some drives within the fourth quarter. The Giants had a pass to Kadarius Tonin for 21 yards. I think this was the pass where they had it to Tony, and then he was just breaking tackles left and right. Breaking tackles, breaking tackles, breaking tackles. And. You know, that's what he could do. Once again, I mentioned that already. So the following drive, they do stop the Saints on third down. You know, it took about 100 draw plays for Taysom Hill for the Giants to finally stop him. So um, they stopped him there. They finally figured it out. Then you move later on, first play. Boom, downfield, Saquon Barkley, the Giants are suddenly in it with three points. And I settled this drive. I was actually about to tweet. I was literally about to tweet. If the Giants don't execute on this drive and they have a fourth and two or fourth and one, watch Joe judge take the field goal. I was proven wrong on the first play. I was literally about to send a tweet. And then, deep downfield for Saquon Barkley, touchdown Giants. I could do a better... Kelly albert impression when i'm not congested because the recording space i'm in is actually pretty moist the windows are not open which you know is kind of my fault it's kind of not my fault but the point is is that i was about to send tweet and the giants just moved downfield and actually are aggressive in that moment they go downfield for the touchdown and the problem was is that a lot of giants fans questioned including myself it was like fourth and Nine or something like that. One of the drives before, Giants punt. A lot of people are pissed off. A lot of people are pissed off. The beat reporters are pissed. And then this play makes that poof go away. So Joe Judge made us pay in terms of our complaints. But the Saints would punt close to the final drive of regulation. They had a couple of decent plays. They did stop the Saints, meaning the Giants. They did stop them at like the 15-20 yard line. That was good special teams work by Brightwell and Colin Johnson. M- must say the return game in terms of the Saints didn't really do much because the Giants on special teams, so I have to credit with them there. And also C.J. Board did field a punt that f- kind of put the Giants in a comeback situation, so I'll give him credit there. But they had a couple of dink and dunk plays. Alvin Kamara, Marcus Calloway for 16 yards. They had a couple of dink and dunk plays. But you know what? The Giants ultimately capitalized and they stopped them on third down. So Giants, one of the comebacks of the year, 11 points. And the Giants, I don't remember the last time they came back from an 11-point deficit or a two-score deficit at that. So Kadarius Toney five yards, move the chains, first down, then you have Kadarius Toney again for 11 yards, first down, couple plays later, Giants get downfield enough, and I had a little issue, but once again, uh, this was after the Galladay play, Before the Galladay play, I think it was a curl route, he breaks some tackles, Malcolm Jenkins misses some tackles, he bodies them, shoves them out of the way, downfield, 23 yards after the catch, you do not expect that for a freaking curl route but Kenny Galladay, he was in the moment, he just saw green, started running, he got down to the New Orleans 34, the unfortunate part, and I was pretty disgusted with this, it was third and 10, and they didn't go for a pass, they just draw, draw play, 42 seconds left, draw play with Saquon Barkley, they got the field goal, that's not what I'm disappointed about, that's not what I was disappointed about, I'm like, can we go for the touchdown and not leave any time on the clock for the Saints? But, luckily enough, the Saints didn't do anything. They actually just ran one play, had Kamara run another play, and it was overtime. But, the Giants, in overtime, I'm going to finally end this, and we'll talk about penalties and other stuff, because I know I've been boring you guys for the last couple of minutes. Um, John Ross, 17 yards. They tested Paulson Debo a lot, and he was getting cooked on some plays, and he was doing well on some plays. Two plays later... John Ross again, 8 yards, move the chains, first down. Daniel Jones scrambles right. And Joe Judge, I loved his reaction. It was it was funny as hell. Like, Daniel Jones, after seeing it a couple times, I thought he flopped. He did a LeBron kind of thing. Uh, for just going to the ground Joe judge took his headset off rushed out He pushed the Saints player out of the way and started cursing at the referee then take Crowder and Kadarius Tony We're talking shit with some of the defensive players for the Saints. That was funny. I thought that was funny I said yeah, you keep Yana and in a moment. I'm believing that it's supposed to be a flag Even though later on I said ah, eh, you know he flopped in the moment. I'm screaming at the TV. Yeah, judge you fight bad call by the fucking referees they fuck up again and I'm screaming I'm cursing at the TV but it was just a funny moment to see so the next play they actually get screwed a little bit because I think they had 12 players on the field or something like that Colin Johnson was the 12th man he actually caught a pass but illegal legal substitution I thought it was OPI it was a legal substitution the next play fabulous play called by Jason Garrett second and 14 you dump it off to Saquon Barkley on a screen he scoots and goes down the field 18 yards to the New Orleans 34. Then, short pass to Saquon Barkley for a yard. And Jones was under pressure. Jones was under pressure. He's looking for Barkley. Barkley fell on the ground. Barkley gets up. He tries to do a little bit much. And and then he fumbles. I'm like, no, no, please, no, please, no, please, no. And then Kyle Rudolph picks it up. I'm like, thank God. And Saquon Barkley said after the game, he's like, yeah, I owe Kyle Rudolph dinner after that uh it just feels so good to win that's why i'm laughing about a lot of this it's not nervous or like oh my god he's laughing the team lost and he's just in sadness so i'm just genuinely happy this team won and two plays later jonathan vilma starts saying hey look for Kadarius tony on this play was a third and five and i'm like oh my god they just cannot go for the field goal here maybe i don't know so we don't even get put in that situation because busted coverage downfield Jones looks for Galladay along the left sideline, and then Saquon Barkley runs it in for the touchdown. I started screaming. I ran outside. I said, Giants fucking won. You know, I was just so genuinely happy, and all of the New York City teams, or at least most of them, just won. I'll count the Buffalo Bills as a New York team for this moment. The Bills won, the Jets won, the Giants won, the Yankees won. So the penalties, I'll just go over it real quickly. It was an offensive pass interference, I think, on the Giants' second drive. It was an 18-yard pass play on Kenny Galladay. Uh, it was an offensive pass interference. Then it was before the Giants ran out the clock with the Hail Mary. It was a hold on Matt Skura and then the illegal substitution I mentioned. So let's go to the snap counts before we go to anything else about stock up, stock down, whatever. Let's go to the offensive side of the ball first. The following players played 100%. The whole offensive line and Andrew Thomas, Nate Solder, Will Hernandez, Matt Skura, Emily Price, and Daniel Jones as well. 92% of the snaps, 58 snaps for Kenny Galladay. 89% of the snaps for Saquon Barkley. 78% for Kadarius Toney. That is big. I mean, it took the Giants receiving court to be decimated to a certain standard for the Giants to put him on the field. 78% of the snaps. That's huge. 68% of the snaps for loser Evan Ingram. 59% of the snaps for Kyle Rudolph. 44% for John Ross. and He made more of an impact than Rudolph and Ingram did, in my opinion. C.J. Board, 30% of the snaps. Caden Smith, fourteen percent; Devonte Booker, eleven percent; Colin Johnson, eight percent; and Elijah Penny, six percent. You look at the defensive side of the ball. There's more takeaways here than there are on the offensive side of the ball. But obviously, once again, we noted Kadarius Tony, seventy-six percent of snaps. Logan Ryan. Xavier McKinney, Tate Crowder, and James Bradbury played 100%. Dewey Jackson, 97%. Would have been 100%, but he was out two plays with a knee injury. Looks serious, but he came back on the field. 97% of the snaps. Leonard Williams, 91%. Dexter Lawrence, 79%. Reggie Ragland, 78%. Julian Love, 69%, overtaking most of Drew Peppers' snaps him being injured. And the Giants not trusting him in cover situations. Austin Johnson, 59%, same thing with Lorenzo Carter, 54% for Aziz Ojalari, 32% for Danny Shelton, absolutely unproductive, 28% for Jewel Peppers, 25% for Darius Williams, 21% for O'Shane Zimenez, 4% for Darnie Holmes, and 3% for Quincy Roche, no defensive snaps at all for Carter Coughlin, which is very disappointing, very disappointing, I really disappointing in that because I want to see him as a pass rusher but Patrick Graham is not really doing that and it's unfortunate it's unfortunate because the Giants are not getting the passer and Carter Coughlin one of his abilities that makes him versatile he gets to the passer sure he might not get a sack but he'll get a quarterback hit at least he's fast he has some range Can he cover all the time? Absolutely not. But once again, as a pass rusher, I think he's better than some of the guys we currently have. O'Shane Zeminis is really not getting there. Carter's not getting there. O'Shane had a tough game because he was matched up against Ryan Ramchek, and Ramchek is one of the best tackles in the league, if not the best right tackle. But some other takeaways, Radarius Williams has jumped Donnie Holmes for the third cornerback spot. And I kind of criticize the Giants for making this judgment call. But Rodarius Williams, he's looked good. I don't think that defenses are targeting him as much. I think in future games they will. And I think that he's going to adjust. He's going to play better. And he's going to get physical on the ball. So Rodarius Williams, shouts to you, man. Six-round pick. Jumping a fourth-round pick from last year. But they have to find a role for Holmes or else it's going to be a wasted fourth-round pick. Jabril Peppers exited after hamstring injuries but was losing the snap battle to Julian Love. I don't know particularly what they see in Julian Love. But they got to put Drew Peppers next to Tate Crowder. I'm not saying that Reggie Raglan isn't good in the run game or stuff like that. But man, you got to find something for Drew Peppers. And if you don't, you just trade him by the deadline and get some picks. Don't give me this compensatory bull crap. Anyway, uh, shout outs to Bobby Skinner for calculating this. But Daniel Jones stats on the season. 66.7 completion percentage. 1,184 yards. 8.2 yards per attempt. 4 touchdowns and interception. 27 carries 188 yards two touchdowns in the ground game and seven yards per carry he has the ability to be a franchise quarterback and I'm starting to believe it more and more every game that he is a franchise quarterback but stock up stock down Daniel Jones Kenny Galladay offensive line John Ross Saquon Barkley Kadarius Tony and Dexter Lawrence I think I pretty much mentioned Most of my reasons for saying these guys are stock up Kenny Galladay big time receiver offensive line pass blocking probably their best if not their second best game of the season and to note this guy Matt Scurry just comes in and he does a good job he does a decent job I'm not saying he's an all pro but they did a decent job with their fourth left guard same thing with Andrew Thomas man you know he's dealing with his fourth guy on the right side of him and he's playing flawless flawless, Kadarius Tony, John Ross, more into the offense, and both of them just a lot of great plays, I love seeing this, I love seeing this, Saquon Barkley, the 54-yard touchdown, the touchdown at the end of the game, the screen passes, Daniel Jones putting on an absolute show, looking like a franchise quarterback, I think I'm done just like putting it off, I think he is the franchise quarterback, right now, I think he's a franchise quarterback, Giants, if the season goes awry and Daniel Jones is still showing up and he's still showing you that he could be a franchise quarterback, there is no way you let him go. There is no way you let him go and go into the draft and select these guys like Malik Willis. They are nothing compared to Jones. I'm not saying Jones is the best quarterback in the league or top 10, but come on. Compared to some of the guys in the draft, he's so much better. Anyway, Dexter Lawrence played decent on the defensive side of the ball. Key takeaways... Daniel Jones and the receivers lifted his team over a conservative mindset and a horrible defense and he finally beat an over 500 team I said earlier that Jason Garrett's coordinating was better than Joe Judge's head coaching not going for it on fourth down twice hurt them it hurt them the missed field goal it later came back to bite them because the game would have been over essentially because the Giants went for a field goal at the end of the game it would have been 24-21 but I'm not going to complain about that Despite some horrific play calls, Jason Garrett called a good game without using DJ's running ability. Imagine if he used his running ability—that's 430 yards plus. But then again, those passing plays would have been taken away. So, you know, that would have been a whole different ball game. Anyway, look what happens when Gale, Ross, and Tony are involved. Yeah, when you use them correctly, when you use them downfield. I'm just waiting for next week or the week after or the week after that for Kenny is to get his first Giants touchdown. I'm waiting for that. Same thing with Kadarius Toney, but John Ross we've already seen. The defense made clutch stops but gave a chunk plays to Taysom Hill, Evan Kamara, Marcus Callaway, and Ty Montgomery. Montgomery had two receptions downfield. I think Joel Peppers had him on both of them. Obviously, the cover ability is not there for Peppers. Marcus Calloway, James Bradbury got absolutely beat on that 54-yard pass. Alvin Kamara was just running it down the throat of the New York Giants defense, and they had no way of stopping him. And then Taysom Hill, it took the Giants defense 100 plays, 100 draw plays for them to figure him out. So Patrick Graham's got to do a better job. And Zeke, you know, we've been talking about him. Oh, he's overrated this, that, and the other thing. He had a big game against the Panthers on Sunday. He had a big game. Tony Pollard as well. So let's not underestimate anybody. Let's not do that. Joe Judge is still conservative. However, he did not waste timeouts. There were some questionable decisions by Judge. I'll give him credit. They found ways to lose this game, but they found ways to win. And that's a sign that this team could either find more ways to lose or they could find more ways to win and start winning football games like this one. What happens when Slayton and Shepard return? I mentioned this earlier. Joe Judge's comment on John Ross. Oh, we ain't got time to ease him back. Don't ease these guys back. Just put them in the game. You know, unless they are like 70% at health, and I don't know how serious their hamstring injury is. Obviously, it's some sort of serious because they missed the game against the Saints. But, you know, don't ease these guys back if they're healthy. Just throw them in there. Create plays. Create a game plan. And the Giants might have a top 15, top 10 offense. That's my opinion. But in terms of final thoughts, Giants win. They get their first win. Daniel Jones looks like the franchise quarterback. I think he's the franchise quarterback. Saquon Barkley, he is getting back to speed. If the running game can get a little more creative and a little more productive, I honestly hate that they run him under center when Daniel Jones is under center because I think that takes too long for holes to open up. They could just do shotgun. But you yeah, Put him out in space with Kadarius Toney. You have those screenplays. That's how he's going to get back to form. He said his knee is getting better and better every game. Use it. Just use it. And the defense, you got to clean up the act. Got to clean up the act because when you face teams like the Rams, when you face teams like the Cowboys and all these other teams, you cannot afford to be having a shootout and then maybe one stupid play call is the end of the game because the defense can't hold you up. So, if you guys haven't already, like, comment, subscribe, turn on post notifications, so you know when a live stream pops or drops. Appreciate you all coming back. Going to be live for the Yankees and Red Sox wild card game, so please join us. Please join us. Uh, it's gonna be lots of fun. I know a lot of people are doing streams and stuff like that, but you gotta grow your channel. I'm growing my channel. Join us. Fun discussion. Fun live stream. Q and A stuff like that. Peace out. See you later. Stay cool.